It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. With a large range of Volkswagen models in stock, visit Solitaire Volkswagen and test drive today. Live across South Australia, welcome to Saturdays in SA with Andrew Hayes and Bryce Giggs. Good morning to you, Saturday morning, 3rd of September. Great to have you on board this morning. There's just a bit of a change in atmosphere because it is spring. Finals are upon us. There's a really good atmosphere um, in Adelaide and also in Melbourne, which is where we find Bryce Gibbs. Good morning to you, Gibbsy. Good morning, Hazy. Good morning to everyone this morning. Um, how good's finals footy? Everything just changes. Been cr- two cracking games of footy. The the sun's out. You can smell the fresh cut grass. What a time to be alive. It's just optimism, you know. You've got through the winter months. Um, you've got yourself nice and solid and plump because you've just been storing a whole heap of food to get you through the cold. And now we look forward to the sun shining. Finals happening. What a cracking couple of games as well to kick us off. It's been good, hasn't it? And I know this time of year all too well, unfortunately. I didn't play in too many <laughs> finals, Hazy, over the, over my career. But um, yeah, it's even I'm in Melbourne, as you said, uh, this morning. And just the atmosphere around the streets and um, people are just up and about uh, going to the footy. The colours, teams' colours are everywhere, scarves and beanies, walking all through the streets. Um, it's, a, it's a good vibe over here at the moment. Yep, as you'd imagine. There'll be a lot of happy Swan supporters, a lot of happy Lions supporters. Another uh, couple of big games happening today. Oh, I can't wait. I mean, we're already talking about, geez, the Swans could win the flag. What about the Lions? Is it their year? Um, and the top team hasn't even played yet. And that is Geelong taking on Collingwood this afternoon. That is going to be an absolute ripper. Um, so look, get involved nice and early this morning. Text line is open 0427-154-166. We've got a lot to talk about this morning, uh, not just finals footy. We'll touch on the AFLW. Big, big game for Port Adelaide at Albany today. Historic game, taking on the Bulldogs, their first game, AFLW game um, at Albany. Are you heading along? 0427-154-166. Go through the sports scoreboard, US Open scores, uh, Port and Crows, what the off-season already looks like for the men's side, heavily already recruiting. Gee, it's all happening, and even better still, you can get involved via a phone call all the way up until 10.31. gives you, I need to uh, just get something off my chest nice and early. Really rough start for me. Had a bit of a sleep in this morning. And by sleeping, I mean uh, about quarter past six, I reckon my son ran in. He said, Dad, Mum had already got up. She was doing something. He said, Dad, guess what? Said, What's going on, mate? He said, guess what? It's Mum's birthday. <laughs> sort of... Panicked and looked around and said, nah, it can't be, mate, it's not. He said, it is. Two nights ago, she said, there's two more sleeps to my birthday. And I checked the calendar, 3rd of September. Each and every year, I reckon pretty much every year, 3rd of September, it's my wife's uh, birthday. But usually someone gives me some sort of heads up a few days before and I can get myself organised. It's certainly not on them. It's on me. But um, yeah, 100% for the first time in our relationship. Forgot my wife's birthday. You so. forgot your wife's birthday, Hazy. Treading on eggshells to say the least. So you're in the doghouse, is it? Is that what you're telling me? She's saying I'm not, but you know when they say, no, no, I'm fine, but you know that they're not. (laughs) (laughs) I'm feeling like that. So, and then you're like, oh, well, I've got to head out to uh, do Saturday mornings in SA. Mm. So 
on your way home, what's what are you doing? Is it flowers? Is it chocolates? Is it coffee? You bring taking her a coffee? Like, what are you gonna do? She's so used. She's so used now as well because I'm just. I'm, I'm, this is not my. Uh, it's not my strong area. Remembering <laughs> dates, and she actually quizzed me with my daughter's birthday this morning. Definitely got the month right, but there was just a few. Um, I sort of said, look, maybe it's the 15th, maybe it's the 17th. It's somewhere in around that mid-month type region. I didn't go down too well either. She's too used to me getting some last-minute servo flowers or even uh, taking a step up and going to Woolies and get some flowers. That's not going to cut it anymore. But I don't really have any other options. Um, it was a dead giveaway when she said two days ago, by the way, we're having a dinner, uh, sorry, lunch at mum's house on Saturday. Um, just a bit of a family lunch. I thought it's a little bit unusual, but hey, I'm in. Should be a good time. But here we are. A frisky lunch awaits us. I'm surprised she didn't um, remind you during the week because Lauren, my wife, she, she needs a birthday week and a birthday month. So <laughs> yeah. three weeks leading into her actual birthday, it's like, oh, it's my birthday month and then it's my birthday week. And then obviously the day, the 30th of March, I, that's why I remember it so vividly because it's such a build-up leading into it. So I'm constantly reminded of when her birthday is. So I'm surprised you didn't have a... Have a bit of an idea leading into it, Hazy. I know. Well, look, my wife doesn't operate like that. She's not a, um, it's not a big celebration. It's a real whacky between the eyes right on the day and really use it against your type operator. So, look, just have me in your thoughts today, Gibbsy, if that's all right. Um, let's talk about some happier stuff, and that is the football last night. The Swans up and about. This is unbelievable. I feel like the Swans, for the best part of about a decade, even when they won back in 2012, they just always go under the radar. You don't talk about them as much as you should. Let's hear from the great man, Horse. Yeah, look, they've been in great form and they're playing, they've been playing such good footy, obviously, with a, a quality team. And we knew it'd be a really tough one on the home deck. And they, our lads just kept going and going and going. And, uh, you know, I think the 28 tackles in the last quarter, I think their pressure was enormous. It just kept on getting greater the longer the game went. There, you know, just some big moments. The boys stood up in and they did a really good job. So, you know, it was super win. Unbelievable. Week off, uh, and then they host a home final um, to take the next step. Something really special happening with those Swans boys. It certainly is, and they're just a team that you admire. Like, the way they go about their footy, they're a bit like Geelong. They've been so consistent for so many years, and the way they go about their footy, they they play a finals-like brand. They're contested. The, they're, they're hard to play against, and you know we we hear, always hear about the bloods culture and what started uh, many years ago. That's carried on, and they they never drop too far down the ladder, do they? They're always competing, they're always in the hunt, and yeah, I'm with you that they've gone under the radar this year, and they find themselves in a preliminary final, a home prelim, and they're they're a huge chance to win the flag this year. Yeah, they've, they've had a great year. Yeah. And, and what, what I enjoyed most about last night is that their big stars were quiet and they still found a way to, to beat the reigning premiers um, in, a, in a blistering third quarter, mind you. Uh, so if, if, those, if, those, if those good players start actually playing well, geez, they're going to be hard to beat. Oh, that's scary, isn't it? It's a scary thought for opposition that the Swans might be nowhere near their best <laughs> and they're marching um, in a very, very good direction. You talk about uh, culture and that Bloods culture, which Sydney's famous for. Uh, Tom Hickey was all over it last night. Uh, I think it's just like, it's just good people everywhere in the footy club and just genuine care. I wrote a little article a while ago that we were in the hub. It was like a Tuesday night in the middle of the hub, eight o'clock, and 
there was analytics and, and footy op operations and coaches and players all just playing cards together and joining each other's company and it was a pretty tough time off. Both my twins have been hospital this week, so um, I'm coming home, coming home, girls. Oh, that's really nice. Uh, just a good spot to play your football, I would have thought. Um, and look, the Swans and the Cats are the pin-up sides for rebuilding on the run. They never bottom out. They never genuinely bottom out. It's an absolute art that not every club can do, and those two clubs have nailed it. Well, they get it right in, in all areas, don't they? So they get their recruiting right, they get their, they trade the right players in, and we've seen they've traded in experienced players over the journey. You just We just saw, uh, listen to Tom Hickey then, like he's been to two or three or four clubs. He's a bit of a journeyman, but they get in the right players and the right people that they need and they don't make many mistakes in that area and it's a credit to them and yeah as you said that they haven't bottomed out for years and they continue just to to play finals play well in finals um and yeah it's a it's somewhere that you what you want to be yeah absolutely uh brisbane what a win that was as well if you got a thought on the arc system <laughs> people have got some solid thoughts on it, including Damien Hardwick. We'll get to all that very, very soon. Uh, if you got your thoughts, so get them through 0427 154 166. Marco Bello, he's a development coach at the Crows. Uh, the Crows have got a big game, of course, as well in the sample this weekend. Uh, we're going to speak to him next. It is 8.42, Saturday's in SA, and of course we're doing it thanks to Solitaire Volkswagen. The new performance R-Range is now at Volt, so, uh, Sorry, Solitaire Volkswagen. I'll get it out eventually. Good morning, it's Saturday. Live across Australia. Saturdays in SA with Andrew Hayes and Bryce Gibbs. Yeah, get right around the good folks of Solitaire Volkswagen. That's where you'll find the new performance R-Range. It is 8.46 on 1629 SNSA. Gibbs, we need to address as well um, why you're in Melbourne as well. I just wonder if you're at complete full fitness because no doubt you've been hydrating in some form or capacity over the last sort of couple of days. Yes, I am a, I'm a little bit dusty this morning. I'm not going to lie to <laughs> listeners good. out there this morning. Good honesty. So how it come about, um, it was just a simple text message from mm. uh, the great Chris Judd, who flick, flicked out a text to about 10 of us and said, been seeing all these premiership reunions and the great man gets the opportunity to go to a premiership reunion because he's won a premiership with the West Coast Eagles. But for a lot of us who haven't won premierships, we don't get that luxury. So he said... He actually said it's 10 years since we beat Essendon in a final, which technically it's been 11 years. So I think Chris got his uh, his years mixed up. But anyway, he flicked it out and said, let's get a catch up together. So anyone in that sort of 2011, 2012 year, if you're floating around, let's catch up for a, for a beer and uh, a lunch. Um, and that just got legs. And then... Guys started booking flights from interstate, and I was one of those guys. And yeah, it was good to catch up with a, a lot of my old teammates yesterday at uh, in a in a pub in Collingwood, ironically. So um, it was great to see some people I hadn't seen for a while. Very nice. All right, we'll touch on that after nine o'clock. A, a man who um, celebrates a premiership reunion probably every few weeks is Marco Bello. Won five of them with the Dogs. Joins us this morning ahead of a big game against North Adelaide tomorrow for the Crows side. Good morning to you, Marco. Good morning. Unfortunately, I don't get to share them with you, Hayes. But, uh, yeah, a lot of fun, obviously. I think they're trying to do a big one next year, Marco, so we might be able to cross paths. But, geez, you would have been to a few reunions, though. Yeah, well, look, the, the first couple of years were quite big, but uh, by then, uh, I think people said, well, sick of us coming back every year and, and having a reunion. So it started to peter out a little bit. But, uh, no, nah, as, as a group, we, we didn't really try to catch up uh, just after players and 
Um, yeah, reminisce as, as Gibber just touched on, but um, yeah, certainly some great times. Uh, very good stuff, mate. Um, first of all, before we talk about the game tomorrow, can we talk about last week's effort? Because I think a lot of people watching were surprised by that, not because he thought the Crows weren't capable, but just, uh, I mean, uh, to be honest with you, I, I tip Nord, but you guys came out and absolutely blew them out of the water. Yeah, it was pleasing. It, it, it was something that uh, we've seen sporadically throughout the year with big games and everything quarters, but for us to put four quarters together on the weekend was uh, was pleasing and what was probably more pleasing was it wasn't reliant on on the people that uh, had probably played uh, you know, really good football for us. You know, it's great to see Izzy McKenzie and, and Josh Smithson, you know, a couple of development players there, really stand up. And even um, some of our younger guys um, you know, really stand up in those big games. And, and that's what you know, we wanted to do leading into this season, is to make sure that these guys get to experience big games and great to see that they were able to stand up uh, on the on the big stage. Now, Marco, it's, I want to know your thoughts on, on keeping the boys motivated. And I mean, I, I didn't play in too many finals over my career, unfortunately, but um, obviously the, the senior team are, are not playing finals. So the younger guys are, are continuing to training and, uh, and, and are playing. Is it, is it hard to keep them motivated because they are seeing some of the guys go on holidays now and, and spend time away from the club? Or are they a young, enthusiastic group that, that want to play finals and, and they want to win the, the Crows' first flag, essentially, in the sandful? Is, has that been a bit of a challenge or, or are they highly motivated to continue to, to raise the bar? Yeah, no, probably to your latter point, because we're a young group and they're really motivated. They're, um, you know, we've spoken about the, the programs previously, whether that be you know, the Geelongs, the Hawthorns, Bulldogs. Um, you know, the teams that have been successful at AFL level have had really good um, second-tier level teams that have gone on to, to either win premierships or, or certainly play um, long into the season and into finals. So we've spoken about that a little bit, but to the credit of the boys and, and the guys who aren't even in the four walls at the moment with regards to those that have um, taken holidays, you know, the first couple of days, I reckon, the players year are going, geez, I'm missing out on something, but um, the guys who are now on holidays are going, geez, I, I wish I was in your shoes and, and still playing finals football and getting out on Adelaide Oval on a 22-degree you know, day and experiencing the, the finals atmosphere. So it's, it's been a credit to the, to the playing group and, and obviously the coaching group just to keep them motivated. And you know, when you've got a, a skipper like Matty Wright who's been around and hasn't tasted a lot of success and... Um, you know, you throw in some of those development boys who um, have been around the traps but haven't quite got there. Um, the, the the motivation is high, so um, we haven't had to do too much, pleasingly. Some of those uh, top-up players you're talking of as well, Mark, I know you mentioned uh, Issy McKenzie before, before, Louis Sharrod as well, Matty Wright. I mean, these guys aren't even on a list. They're still very, very good players. How much of a cool is it for the club to get guys like this to play for the Crows when... Uh, you know, Port's had some issues with their top-up players not being quite up to scrap, but you, you guys who aren't even on a list are genuine A-graders. Yeah, that's that's been a concerted effort, and we spoke about it uh, last year. And um, You know, having our guys go back to play SNFL football, and, you know, last year I think we won five games, and it, and it wasn't an atmosphere that, that created, um, you know, a, a development opportunity because we were getting beaten so consistently, and guys were coming back and not looking forward to, not that you want to want them to look forward to come back to play SNFL football, but you want them to enjoy that experience and come back and 
uh, be able to see that there's a progression um, coming back the other way. So it was a concerted effort at the end of the year to seek out um, what opportunities were out there for, for players who had either slipped through the, um, you know, the pathways or had come out the other side and were still looking to play at the top level. As most people know, we, we've got a few hurdles and a few roadblocks that we need to um, jump over to, to try and get these kind of players into our club. So um, to get a Louis Sherrod, you know, who, who kicked over his 100 games, uh, Matty Wright is in my position, just kicked over his 100 games, a Hall, um, you know, who's, who's got to his 200. Um, it's great to have, and you touched on Izzy and a Josh Smithson who were thereabouts at times and uh, for whatever reason weren't able to make it, but to get those guys back. And, and hopefully now we're, we're looking like a, a team that can provide a genuine pathway for these guys if they want to do get back to some sort of high-level football. So it's obviously a big game next week against North Adelaide, and you, you've played well against them in both games during the year. Do you expect them to do anything different coming up against you this time? They'll be they'll be looking to change a few things up and and trying to change. Uh, we'll try and try and beat you for the first time this year. Yeah, uh, that'll be interesting. You know, I mean, obviously they've been a very good side all year, um, you know, defensively and offensively. So they probably back themselves in. Um, quite highly coming in against us and if it weren't for you know probably some um, missed scoring opportunities on their end they, they certainly would have would have got us once or twice in that in those two games but um, I, I reckon there's genuine respect for, for us as well and, and they'll probably see what we did on the weekend and, and probably have to think about what they do with with some of our uh, mids you know they had a really good game but having said that when I look at their lineup and you get you know the Coon boys and, and young and more and um, they back pretty deep here as well. So um, I think they'll back themselves in, but they'll have plan B and C just in case um, on the weekend. Marco, you're the man to talk about playing in big sample finals. One piece of advice that you'd be giving some of these younger blokes who are playing big games? Oh, look, it's, you know, everyone obviously tries to do the extraordinary stuff. They, they want to be the guy who plays good finals football. And probably my first few years, I'd, I overdid it. I, I tried to do the extraordinary rather than the, the ordinary things that I did week to week and I just do the simple things right. And we saw even last night, you look at you know, the Sydney who just, just went in and got the footy when they had the opportunity or, or tackled really hard when the opposition had it. So it's it's keeping it simple, really hazy. Um, you know, don't overdo things. Don't over um, overcomplicate it because it, it, footy is a simple game and um, generally, if you do those things well for, for long periods, it'll, it'll get it done. Can't wait for this game, mate. I think it's going to be an absolute cracker. Congratulations on your season so far, no doubt. You've probably still got at least a few more weeks left. So um, we'll catch up with you again hopefully really soon and good luck for the rest of the finals campaign. Appreciate it. Thanks for the chance. Marco Bello from the Crows and they are travelling absolutely beautifully. Um, I just love how well-rounded they are and that's the difference now between, apart from health factors, etc., but when you've got your top-up players, uh, Issy McKenzie, Louis Sherrod, Chris Hall, Jacob Templeton, they can't get a game at the moment. They're squeezed out because of rules and all sorts of things. But when your top-up players are genuine players who would probably still be playing league footy at other clubs, that's going to be the difference. Yeah, and, and that's, that's the difference, I think. And, and they've made a conscious decision to go out and recruit these players. So it, uh, Mark actually touched on it and said, this was a hole in our program we needed to get right. And they've gone out and done that and... It's it showed in in their performances this year. I mean, the Crows and both Port 
obviously have got a lot of talent on their list with with a lot of their their young players, but to get those experienced, hardened SANFL bodies around them, it's it's a great balance, and and they're in a fantastic position to to win their their first sandful flag this year. So uh, and and this weekend should be a cracking game. Two teams that will provide a lot of offense. Uh, hope it's a shootout. Hope it's a cracking game. What we do is the first week of the Sanford finals in particular, you get excited by the football that you see. So straight away, everyone saying, me included, oh, jeez, look at the Crows. Who, who's going to stop them? Yep, they're in. They're going to win the grand final. You forget that actually the team that finished on top and the best team um, had a week off. So it, it's a massive advantage to have that first week off. I heard, I heard a couple of people during the week saying, oh, do you think... And at the Sample Press, it's saying to Jacob Surgeon, oh, look, do you think that, uh, you know, you've had a week off and you're going to miss that hardened match practice? No. North Adelaide turn up absolutely cherry ripe. It's a great advantage and it's a deserved advantage as well. That's what you get for finishing on top. And for someone of my age, Hazy, I'd, I'd oh, love yeah. a week off uh, leading into a, a finals campaign. So, um, yeah, you're right. But they would they would have done some match sim uh, over the weekend last week to, to get that, to be hardened, to be ready to go. So... They'll um, they'll they'll be ready to go. Don't worry about that, North Adelaide. They've had a great year, and as I said, they haven't got a good record against the Crows this year, and they'll be looking to turn the tables on them uh, tomorrow. So the Crows go in as favourites actually for this game against North Adelaide. The game before that as well, of course, Red Leagues taking on the base. Um, the main game though, when I say the main game, the later game, the first game for qualification of the grand final. Who do you like, North or Crows? I just think. On Adelaide Oval, and the Crows have got a, a great record against them this year, uh, and it's going to be a high-scoring game. Uh, it's going to be a bit of a slingshot shootout, I think. Um, and I just think the Crows are are really up and about at the moment. Um, you can see Marco Bello spoke about um, the energy and the, the excitement these young guys are bringing, and they're, they're making the senior guys who are sitting in the stand jealous. So I think the Crows will win in a very high-scoring game. All right, you got a thought? Get it through. 0427-154-166. Plenty of time to give us a call this morning as well. one 736 736 We need some absolute intimate details of Bryce's little Carlton catch-up where it was, I mean, what you would traditionally say was a premiership reunion, only there's no premierships to celebrate. So any excuse will do. Is that a fair summary? Well, we weren't going to have a 10-year wooden spoon reunion. I'd, I'd no, give you the hot tip. That's, 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 uh, that's, not, that's not what you want to do. So, yeah, it had been 11 years since we beat uh, Essendon in a final. And, uh, yeah, some uh, old stories were brought up. A few old gags were getting shared around that uh, that we, we used to laugh about back in the locker room 10 years ago. And, uh, yeah, it was a good catch-up. Very good. All right, a couple of cracking games as well from Thursday and last night to talk about as well. Big preview coming up, massive game, uh, Collingwood, of course, and Geelong. That is as good as it gets on a Saturday afternoon. Absolutely beautiful. It's bang on 9 o'clock. Top of 16 across Adelaide today. It is my wife's birthday. I forgot. I'm in a lot of trouble. Here's the news. Live across South Australia, welcome to Saturdays in SA. With Andrew Hayes and Bryce Gibbs. Yeah, we're coming to you live from SNSA Studio, Lumo SA, right in the heart of the city, 1 King William Street. That's where I am. Bryce Gibbs is coming to us from somewhere in Melbourne. Where exactly are you? It looks like you're in someone's basement, to be honest with you. Um, I'm pushed into a, one of the office. I'm in the SEN studio here in, uh, oh. in Melbourne, but uh, I'm not in a studio. I'm in someone's office. So uh, I've just get, been uh, pushed out the back, but... Uh, I'm here. I'm, That'll do. I'm alive. That's, yeah, you're alive. You're breathing. That's the most important thing. 
Um, let's get into a bit of a what's on around Adelaide today. Have you got any clues for us, any ideas to keep us entertained? 0427 154 166. We'll do it thanks to Climate's Trade Centre at Renzi Park. That's the best day can prices. It's race day, Gibbsy, at Morfordville. Plenty of action. All gets underway from 11am. Keep an eye on Miles Fitzner's socials because the bloke knows how to tip a winner. We know that. He- he does, and I've just I ran into Milo, um, who has now moved over to Melbourne. Not going to grace us with his presence in Adelaide anymore, and he's uh, doing some very good things over here for SEN Track uh, in Melbourne, so he's up and about. Don't tell me he's forgotten where he came from. Please don't tell me he's one of those Melbourne guys now. He doesn't even remember that he spent most of his life in Adelaide. No, he he's moved on pretty quick, I think. Yeah. He looks pretty happy over here at the moment. That's what happens, just like yourself. You were so Melbourne. And he came crawling back to Adelaide. <laughs> <laughs> uh, of course, Sample's on tomorrow as well. Two games, uh, Norwood taking on the Tigers. That's the first game in the second semi-final. The Roosters taking on the Crows for a spot in the grand final. Um, and the big one today, this is going to be fun to watch it all play out because the weather's going to be perfect, 16 degrees. It'll be just a little bit cloudy. Uh, Port Adelaide playing their first AFLW game at Albert and Oval, taking on the Bulldogs around about 1 o'clock. Tickets are only 10 bucks as well. So 10 bucks for an adult under 18 is free. There's no excuses. It's going to be a historic moment. You should see the developments that are happening as well down at Alberton Oval. It is amazing. The whole sample site has been redone. The precinct is there. It looks magnificent. Wouldn't mind just uh, sort of getting down there and having a couple of beers or two and saying that, oh, it is my wife's birthday and I completely forgot that. So it's probably up to her what she wants to do today, but that's an option. <laughs> yeah. And it's great for, for Port Adelaide. I mean, they actually played a, in their first game last week over in the West. They played a good brand of footy. So they've certainly got some talent and they'll be looking to, uh, what a great way it would be to win their first game uh, in history uh, down at uh, Albert and Oval today. So uh, yeah, if you're not doing much, get down and have a look at that because the girls are up and about and uh, they're playing some good footy. Indeed. Climate's Trade Centre at Regency Park has the best take and prices. What you need when you need it. Thursday night football, geez, that was an absolute belter. Brisbane, and I was so fearful for Brisbane that if they went out, geez, there would have been some big questions. Um, you know, they just can't perform in the finals. What's going on? I kind of in this little spot where they're supposed to be a top four side, even though they didn't finish in the top four. They're supposed to be a contender, a genuine threat, but they can't play finals football. Well, now they can, and now they are a threat, and now I'm a big Brisbane Lions supporter. Yeah, and it was another cracking game of footy, wasn't it? And the pressure was on um, Fagan and his record in finals and, and that team. But um, yeah, to their credit, we knew what Richmond were going to bring. And Dion Presti's in- injury early in the game, obviously, I think, played a, a pretty significant factor in in hurting their rotations and, and hurting some of their, their mix of their team that they had to sort of compensate to, to fill that gap. But... Um, we were, we were always going to be in for a cracking game and it come right down to the last 30 seconds with Danaher kicking that goal. But how good was Lockie Neal? Like, he's you gone. speak about players playing well. He's, he's obviously... Brownlow Benlast, he's had another absolutely fantastic year and, and could take out his, his second Brownlow this year. But you talk about players standing up in big games and he was unstoppable. He had 14 or 15 clearances, I think. Centre bounce clearances when it... When it mattered, um, best part of forty touches. He was, he was, he's terrific to watch. So just let's just have a little moment to appreciate Lockie Neal and what he's done already in his football career. He's twenty nine. He's still got a heap of years to go. But this is a good South Australian boy as well. Of course, at Fremantle, one hundred and thirty five games. So at the end of this season, you're right. He could quite easily have his second Brownlow medal. 
But at the end of this season, across both clubs now, he's going to have won his fifth best and fairest. So two Doig medals. He'll pick up his third uh, Merritt Murray medal uh, this year, you would think. Three-time All-Australian. When this is all done, Lockie Neal is probably going to be one of the absolute all-time greats. There's no no doubt about that. And he sort of... He was a very good player at West Coast, uh, Fremantle, sorry, and he was just sort of in the sh- in the background a little bit to to your Fifes and and Mundys and and these guys, and he he knew what he was capable of, and he made the move up to Brisbane, and he has not looked back. He he's been a star. He's 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 the best first touch player in the AFL, and he has been for the last couple of years. His his work around stoppages, he never fumbles. Uh, and he has an impact. When he touches the ball, they usually score. So the impact he has on games is is through the roof. Um, and as you said, he, he's not slowing down. He's got a couple more really good years of footy to go. Let's hear from Damien Hardwick. Not a big fan of the arc system. Can't work out why. I just feel the technology is not good enough. It hasn't been for a long period of time. I think we put a lot of money into it. And clearly it's indecisive still. So they've got goal umpires. Pick which way you want to go. The technology is not to the level that it needs to be. So either get it better or don't have it. <laughs> oh, I love Dimmer just airing his thoughts. That's completely fine. Uh, maybe his thoughts would have changed if he was on a different side of things. But, I mean, Twitter was pretty solid. Let's just go through a couple of little tweets. He said, I've never understood this line of thinking. You'd rather them only get it right 95% of the time instead of 99%. Richmond was just unlucky that they copped the 1% of wrong decisions. At AFL House, just needs to improve the technology to turn that 99% into 99.5% or even 99.9% correct. <laughs> <laughs> but, oh. but it, like, it, it, it is, and you can understand Hardwick's frustration with it because talking about big moments in the year, like it doesn't get any bigger than an elimination final. And you're right, 995 to 9% of the time, the umpires are actually in the, the best spot to see it and to call it. So, yeah, it's um, it's, it's caused uh, some controversy, hasn't it? Uh, it certainly has. Everyone's got a thought. If you've got one, get it through. 0427-154-166. And like we touched on earlier as well, it was a massive game last night for the Swans. I, I've got to be honest with you. I thought going into this, oh, absolutely, I thought Richmond were going to win. Uh, they lost. And I thought Melbourne were going to win last night. And they lost. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, yeah, I think... Th- I think for the most part, you've just been looking at Sydney being like, oh, you know what? They've finished top four. Good for them. That's a good season for them. And even if they finish sixth, you'd be like, you know what? Good on the Swans. They're back into it. Now, after last night, you're sitting there going, hang on. Swans can do this. They can absolutely win a flag. Well, it's been one of those years, Hazy, hasn't it? Like, it's been so even. It's been so unpredictable. And we've seen teams can win can win on any given day. And all the, the top eight sides that finished in the finals this year all of them are capable of winning the flag. Like it's that sort of year that you you can come from seventh or eighth and win it. Um, and finals is a different ball game. Like obviously they've they've all done the hard work to get there, but when when finals it, it's it's another another beast. So uh, if you don't turn up and you're a little bit off, you're gonna uh, you're gonna get found out. But Sydney, as I said, they. They just play a brand of footy that is built for finals and that, that come up in spades last night. So we heard from John Longmire just before. Let's now hear from the losing coach, Simon Goodwin. Oh, I thought tonight there were some times where we had some clear looks and you know our fundamentals and basics were just off. You know, ability to, to handball, 
um, to execute the fundamentals required to, to get that conversion that you need. You know, Sydney's defence was very good, especially in that third quarter. They were able to, to pin us in our back half for a period of time and they were to maximise the opportunities that they had. Um, and for that period, they were able to lock us away and, and get the territory and, and win that battle. So the Swans have booked a home prelim final. As for the Ds, they're not done just yet. Um, we're trying to sort of get work too much stuff out, I reckon, in this first week of the finals. But you certainly wouldn't be riding off the Demons just yet. No, and obviously they'll if they win next week, they'll play the, the winner of the Geelong Magpies game today. So um, it just keeps getting better, these matchups. They're, they're mouth-watering and don't write the Demons off. They'll, uh, they'll look to bounce back. Don't worry about that. And don't worry about Chris Judd and, and all Bryce's other mates. We're going to uh, catch up with all the boys. And when I say all the boys, I mean just you. But you're going to tell us all about your little shenanigans that have been happening the last sort of couple of days. Because I dare say, a um, little bit sleep deprived, hydrated in a sense, but just questionable substances, I suppose. Beers no, for the boys. I'm actually, no, I'm actually feeling okay. I um, I can't. I don't pull up like I used to, though, Hazy. It uh, it does take me a little bit longer to uh, to get going after a couple of beers. But um, no, it was it was great. Uh, some of the the guys um, hadn't seen for the best part of ten years, so. Um, yeah, it was good to uh, good to catch up, good to reminisce on some stories, and yeah, that's what it's all about. You don't need a premiership uh, hazy to uh, to have a re- reunion, and I think it's something that we might do uh, going forward a bit more. Certainly helps to have a premiership, though. I will say, I'm not going to lie, I'm, I'm, I am jealous of the, the premiership part of the reunion. Don't worry about that. That's fine. To catch up, any sort of catch up, still good. All right, we'll talk about that next. Uh, your texts are coming through as well. We'll get through them. Oh four two seven one five four one double six, and we do want to thank the Solitaire Volkswagen. That's where you find the new performance R range. It is twelve minutes past nine. Good morning. Saturdays in SA with Andrew Hayes and Bryce Gibbs. Her text line is on fire. Oh four two seven one five four one double six. This reads: So weren't the AFL going to put a sensor in the ball? They're not short on cash. Why don't they just get the technology on? You put a camera at all angles of the goalposts and sort this out. It's from Mark. It's a good solid text. Kind of makes sense. What would you do with the goal line technology? What needs to happen? And would you absolutely just get rid of it entirely? 0427-154-166. The more technology that comes in, it means there's more stuff to talk about. I think get rid of it, Hazy. Like, seriously. we The goal umpires are paid to call a goal or a point. Mm-hmm. They're in the best spot 99.9% of the time. Let them call it, back them in, then there's no issue. That makes a bit too much sense, all right? It's too much spare cash. It's not rocket science. <laughs> Let them do their job. That'll save too much time. Good idea. 0427-154-166. Uh, Bryce, how are you feeling right now? And take us through the last sort of couple of days. A little um, reunion with some of the Carlton boys and some genuine A-listers as well. Take us through, again, the setup. Chris Judd just got on the phone and said, boys, assemble. He did, and it was uh, it was great initiative by the Judd man. Uh, speak to him every now and then, but when a, a group text goes out, it uh, it gets you excited. And basically, he just said we haven't had a catch up for oh, the best part of ten years, and it was eleven years actually. He thought it was ten years, eleven years that we uh, we beat Essendon in a final, which uh, we didn't have too many winning finals uh, over the years at Carlton when uh, in my time there, but. Look, it was great, and you know, you run into people, say in the supermarket or down the street, and you, you have a quick chat, and you go, "Yeah, oh, we'll, we'll catch up. Let's let's catch up for a beer or catch up for a coffee." And it's a bit of a passing comment. And, and what usually happens? 
it never happens. Mm. So it actually takes someone to, to book something in and say, this is happening on this, on this date, three or four weeks out. If you can make it, great. If you can't, no worries at all. But, uh, yeah, a, a lot of people, a lot of boys who, who played in that 2011-2012 sort of, sort of time um, made the effort to, to pencil it in. And it was great. Uh, caught up with a, a lot of guys who hadn't seen for the best part of 10 years. And um, as those sort of days happen, it starts off a little bit slow and everyone catches up on how they're going and what's happening in their life and, and their families. And, and then it uh, quickly turns into... Uh, reminiscing about uh, the old locker room banter that we used to have and the few of the old gags start start filtering up again and uh, it was a really good afternoon so it was um, I'm all for it uh, hopefully they can make it a bit more a uh, bit more often who was best who was worst everyone was pretty excited I'm not gonna lie um, Mark Murphy by the end of the night he was uh, he was ready to go home he'd uh, he'd be he was being excited for a number of weeks the little fella oh, he, uh, he, he led was the charge. he was sprinting in the marathon he was sprinting he was uh, he was behind the scenes uh, organizing a lot of the day and um, yeah he uh, he went hard early and he uh, he finished up earlier than most so uh, <laughs> he uh, he certainly enjoyed the the day more more than most Josh Bootsma there no, Josh couldn't make it unfortunately. Uh, I think he had uh, prior commitments, but uh, would have been good to see. <laughs> would have been good to see uh, old Joshy Vootsma. That's how he's left off the text list, was he? I don't think he. Uh, he might not have got an invite, Hazy. Oh, that's not fair. Come on, all in. <laughs> Come on back. Let's get involved. Oh four two seven one five four one double six. Text line's very very busy this morning. It's fantastic, of course. You can tweet us as well at sixteen twenty nine SENSA. Um, what about your own performance, Gib- Gibbsy? Rate yourself. How'd you go? Podium finish? Oh, not quite. Uh, yeah, I, I just can't. I can't handle it anymore, mate. No, yeah, I'm not uh, a young whippersnapper and can uh, can back up like I used to. But um, early start, early finish, mate. And uh, I was tucked up in bed, ready for uh, my priorities this morning, mate. It's the it's the weekend when I, I this is when you start. Oh, yeah. You live in your life on a Saturday morning in SA. Yeah, sorry, Juddy. Um, got to go home and prep for the show. Is that what you said? Exactly. That's exactly what I told them. And they're all tuning in now. All the boys will be listening. So uh, it's great for uh, for ratings. Yeah, morning, morning, boys. Through the roof. G'day, Mark. G'day, Chris, and everyone else. <laughs> all Joshy right, Bootsman. <laughs> Joshy Bootsman. Not quite listening in this morning. Didn't quite get an invite. That's fine. 21 minutes past nine uh, doing it this morning. Thanks to Salt Air Volkswagen. That's where you're going to find the new performance R range. Gorgeous weather as well uh, for an AFLW first game at Albert and Oval. 16 degrees. Uh, it's going to be partly cloudy. So if you are heading along, get in touch with us. We'd love to know your plans. 0427-154-166. Live across Australia, Saturdays in SA with Andrew Hayes and Bryce Gibbs. Coming to you live from SNSA Studio Lumo in the city, right in the heart of the city. One King William Street. Bryce is coming to us uh, from SEN in Melbourne. We're very stately. I was going to say worldly, but we're very stately this morning. Bryce, you're on the move. You're over there celebrating with the boys, which is fun. Some of your old Carlton teammates. Um, There's a couple of great games of footy that have happened last night. Um, And it's not just about football for us, because the US Open is also happening. Nick Kyrgios. How are we feeling about Nick Kyrgios? I love him. I've loved him through thick and thin when he wasn't even performing, but he was still absolutely giving us a show off the court. Thoughts on Nick Kyrgios? Tell me you're on board. Yeah, I I do in, enjoy watching him play. Some of his his carry on at times does go a little bit too far. Um, but he he's a passionate man. He wears his heart on his sleeve. And when you watch Nick Kyrgios, 
you're going to be entertained whether you like him or not. <laughs> yeah. We don't mind that. Well, we don't mind that. And on top of all that, you sit there and you analyse if he's a good guy, if his antics are good or not. He might just bloody win this thing. He's in seriously good form. Third round match today against JJ Wolf. He's going to absolutely clean him up. Don't worry about that. And he might win the US Open. That's what's going to happen. Well, he's had a he's had an unbelievable year, really, hasn't he? Made the final of Wimbledon, and he's he's carried on that form into the U.S. Open, and uh, he's cruising through his his rounds at the moment. And hope he keeps going deep because there's no doubt there'll be controversy come up at some stage because that's what it does. Controversy follows Nick Kyrgios. So uh, but we hope he, he hope he keeps playing well and keep ticking them off, and uh, would love to see him in another final. Raw show starts today as well. That's good news. Maybe not so good news for a lot of parents. I think we're starting to go in this phase for our family. Obviously, we had two COVID-effective years, which put things on a halt. But got a four-year-old son who was absolutely itching to get to the show. Your little fellow's a little bit older. What, what are we talking here? How long before kids start to dislike the show? Is it about ten years? I'm not too sure. Hey, I still enjoy the show. <laughs> you still go there. Get down there. Get yeah. yourself a little get, Dagwood dog show bag. Get, get down there, pat the animals and see all the, the interesting characters walking around. It's uh, it's good fun. You go down to the show to people watch, do you? Yeah, go down and just watch the world go by, Hazy. <laughs> yeah. hey, a little bit later on as well, we're going to hear what Jason Hood Francis had to say during the week. Um, still a lot of question marks on what the future looks like. The immediate future is that he's going to play at North Melbourne. Looks like at the bare minimum he's going to finish out his contract for the end of 2023. And then beyond that, unless there's a little announcement, there was some murmurs that there might be a bit of an announcement about extension over the next sort of few days. But we're just sitting on our hands and waiting. You're his good mate. You're tight-lipped as well, though. Well, he played a bit of a straight bat, didn't he? I reckon mm. he's, he rehearsed that answer a few times. I just <laughs> feel like he's been worded up, maybe by his manager. This is what... You need to say when you get asked this, when when Andrew Hayes pops up in the airport, when you, you're coming back back to Adelaide or you're going back to Melbourne, this is what you need to say to him. Yep. And he didn't give too much away. I no, didn't. We'll hear from him just before 10 o'clock uh, when you throw that piece of rubbish in the bin and then out he jumps with the microphone. <laughs> you're like, what are you doing in that bin? I'm like, yeah, I've been here for ages. Thank you for finally turning up. Beautiful spot there at the airport, must say. It is. I feel like you know it too well, Hazy. <laughs> no. Spend a lot of time lurking in the shadows uh, at the airport. Look, what happens is when you're too familiar with the place and some of the people who work there, particularly at the security checkout, start to know you by first name and they start to say, hey, good to see you again today. Or even the people when you get your parking ticket start calling you by your first name. That's when you know you're potentially starting to overstay your welcome. And just put put your lunch on, on my tab. <laughs> yeah, not even that. Can I have a muffin? No worries, that'll be $8.50. Wow. <laughs> Airport prices, very good stuff. Uh, it's 9.30. Let's get straight to the news. Uh, you were listening to Saturdays in SA. Our very good friends who we will mention, Solitaire Volkswagen, doing sensational things down there. The new performance R-Range is at Solitaire Volkswagen. Top of 16 across Adelaide today. It's going to be partly cloudy. Live across South Australia, welcome to Saturdays in SA with Andrew Hayes and Bryce Gibbs. A lot of strong feedback via the text line 0427154166, particularly about the ARC system. Is it good? Does it work? Is Damien Harvick just upset because he's on the wrong side of it? Tommy Lyons in. G'day, Tommy. Good morning to you both. How are you? Oh, very well, thanks. Yourself? Yeah. <laughs> I'm very good. I'm very good. I noticed on uh, Sunday 
during the footy show, they were doing a little bit of a quiz and Tim Watson's name was raised and they played a piece of television, iconic television of Tim Watson forgetting uh, the Melbourne coach at the time in 1997. He forgot his name. This is how it played out. Well, coming up after the break, we'll catch up with Demon Coach. We got a party going on and it's a free for all. That's actually Tim Watson singing there. He just thought, I'm going to spray in a song. About that is uh, Tim Watson might be the best in business. Not just one of the best in business, yeah. might be one of the best in terms of uh, radio performer, newsreader, etc. So it almost felt like the band was like, oh, let's save him here. Let's get it going. <laughs> Who was the Melbourne coach at that time? So that was Greg Hutchison. Yeah, right. Now, I don't know if it's just for specific to the AFL industry or most industries, but there seems to be a lot of on-air gaffes, a lot of forgetfulness going on in our game. And so we thought we'd just take a little look down memory lane at a few of the um, on-air blunders that have happened over the journey. Just a few little uh, mishaps. Where should we start? Should we start with Jared Healy? Yeah, let's look. And this one is um, a controversial one. I'm not sure if it's allowed for radio, but we're going to roll with it. He was uh, crossed down to by Dwayne Russell uh, when the Gold Coast were just at their inception. And um, he's called Gold Coast something different. Well, let's head to the MCG. Anthony Hudson, Jared Healy and Danny Frost. Well, the Demons were all the rage. A lot of pressure on Mark Neal, obviously. But through the week, there has been a lot of uh, interest in the Gold Coast and the Gold Suns, and they are going to start favourites. <laughs> you say a word like that, and then your brain, after you march through it, is like, did you just say that? Yeah. The look on Anthony Hudson's face said it all. He um, <clears throat> he lost his professional uh, vibe just for a second there, Anthony Hudson. But, uh, Hazy, any others come to mind for you, mate? Uh, I like um, our very good friend Kane Corns and his interaction with the great Eddie McGuire. So this was, I mean, this just felt like a backyard conversation where two mates were um, just having a chat over a couple of beers because sometimes you forget that the cameras are on and that you are actually doing a sideline interview and some coarse language comes through. Um, yeah, mate, congratulations. Go and have a rub, sing the song, enjoy yourself, all those things, mate. You might have to have two rubs being an old, old uh, campaigner these days. But thanks for taking the time to be with us on our show tonight, and well done. Oh, there you go. Poor Kane, I didn't know what happened. Yeah, I don't He's know. He's never heard such filthy language. I'm not sure if we're still on air right now after those two. Gibber, how are your prep sheets looking? What are you thinking? Do you, any, any come to mind for you? It, it is an unusual position to be in because I've found myself in that situation before where you're thinking in your head what you want to say, but you just can't get it out. So <laughs> it seems like you want to say it and nothing comes out. Like it's it's not a great spot to be in, I'd tell you. <laughs> I'll tell you what a good one, Jimmy Jakes as well. Oh, yeah, the horse racing, yes. harness racing caller. Harness racing caller. So yeah. this would have to be... Uh, a harness race, any sort of form uh, of racing, sport, commentators, anything where you use your voice. Yes. Your worst nightmare. nightmare. In second place, the Alaros <laughs> on the inside, Lynn Valdetti. Then in turn behind those between runners, we own a teacher. I think we're going here in front, <laughs> leading the way. It's Alaros in second placing. 
No, I don't think I'll get through this. Yatesy, where are you? We need you, mate. In front of Liar Rose. Down the outside. Trying hard was one step closer. <laughs> but a Liar Rose wins. <laughs> His boy, he kept on speaking for another 30 seconds. Was he going to get the high pitch? It sounded like he was going to float away. <laughs> where was Yatesy, though? Surely a good friend would be there to help you. Come on, Yato. Get in there and save him. Um, Tony Gregg as well. Honourable mention. Yes. He... Oh. Um, he was, this is in the early 2000s when the um, council culture wasn't quite up and going as much, but he was just appreciating uh, a good looking person um, in the Slowly crowd. but surely, the South Africans are clawing their way back. Oh boy. And she looked gorgeous. Well, go on then, say something. Bill's speechless. You dig a hole, you filled up, mate. <laughs> <laughs> That's a very, very good call. He wasn't buying into that, was he, Bill Laurie? Oh, yeah. boy. Can you imagine a commentator now going, oh, boy, she's gorgeous. How would that go down? Oh, imagine if Hutto yeah. said that. I can't, I can't see him saying that. Another commentator who is actually a very smooth operator, finally, is Kelly Underwood. And this was just a couple of weeks ago, I think, and she was calling the GWS game, and all of a sudden it became um, kids' football where we're talking about colours. But it's a great grab in the end to protect the, the space. So since Ben Hobbs kicked that goal early in the third quarter, it put them up, the Bombers, by 11 points. It's been seven consecutive goals to the orange team. Extraordinary <laughs> momentum shift. So GWS took the piss out of this as well. <laughs> Changed their bio and some of their social media platforms to the orange team. Yeah. <laughs> this, this is where I reckon she's done as well. So... Some people know the Giants sometimes, you know, as the orange tsunami. Yeah. I reckon she's in her brain, I'm going to say orange tsunami, just before she said orange, that word tsunami's disappeared. Yeah. Is it done? And she's got to go through it anyway. The orange team. Nothing. It's that, That's what I was talking about before, boys. It's in your mind and you want to say it. And then she's. you could hear her just pause and go, get it out, get it out. <laughs> the orange team. Well, that's one of the greats. Too crass for radio. Don't worry about that. But if you Google... <laughs> Ray Warren and Carmichael Hunt during a State of Origin game, I think it is. And uh, Rabs Warren, who's the best to ever do it, just kind of accidentally shortened and uh, mixed together Carmichael and Hunt to um, create a word, which oh. I think you can guess the path we're going down here. Yeah, the same path we went down at the beginning of this segment, mm. which was... Um... <clears throat> <laughs> there you go. Hey, you got some good gaffes. Get them through 0427 154 166. I uh, did a live cross one time and uh, referred to Sam Powell Pepper as Sam Powell Pecker. <laughs> one time referred to the skipper of Port Adelaide as Tom Janus. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah, and the Just list goes that J. on and on. on, and on. <laughs> so there you go. My, my wife had a, a um, that, my wife had a meltdown on that. She's a weather presenter. She had a meltdown on national television where she uh, collapsed in laughter and uh, had to tell the producers to take the show away. Really? Like, yeah, she was just like, move it on. I can't I can't do this. A genuine fit of laughter. <clears throat> yeah, and all that was happening was the other weather presenter, um, that Sky Weather, he was just lying down on his desk pretending to sleep. And that was it. That was Set it. her off. Triggered her off. So we know Jess Braithwaite, one of the absolute professionals of the media industry. How yeah. was that received? Was that, that, that couldn't have been a Channel 9, wasn't it? No, no, this was... Previous, um, previous employer. Yeah, previous employer. And it, it was actually received quite well. It did a bit of a viral rounds on the uh, interwebs. And uh, very funny, though. I um, 
a little bit of wee came out when I saw that. Oh, good stuff. Good stuff. <laughs> hey, text through some of those moments. 0427154106. Uh, Gibbs, you've got to talk about Jason Horn Francis next because his future is still very much a talking point. Outstanding young man. He's going to be an absolute star. We know that. But where's he going to play his footy beyond 2023? It's 9.42. 16.29 SENSA. This is Saturdays in SA. Top of 16 across Adelaide today. It's going to be partly cloudy. Saturdays in SA with Andrew Hayes and Bryce Gibbs. Hey, good morning to you. Tommy Lyons in the studio as well. Great to have him on board as well as all the texts that are coming in. Hundreds of them. We'll do our best to get through them all before 10.30. Uh, Jason Horn Francis spoke during the week. Um, was quizzed about all things, most notably his future. I'm a big family person, love my family, but also love where I'm at with North at the moment. Mate, Clarko coming in, how, how big is that? He's just a, a cool, wise head. Um, we all listen to him and we we trust what he's trying to do with us. And I'm contracted for um, you know the end of end of next year, so um, I'm happy at the moment and um, we'll see how things go. So the interesting part of that conversation as well was when asked about his contract, he just sort of said, look, can't really talk about that, but I'm happy where I am. So we can get from that that... First of all, North supporters, he's going to be there for 2023. And then you'd hope that some things are changing behind the scenes and there's a contract extension coming through. But um, not sure which way to read this one. But one person who knows him quite well. Bryce Gibbs. <laughs> Bryce Gibbs. Gibbsy, what do you got for us? Is that um, the straightest bat you've ever heard? Give us a scoop. Bryce, what do you got? I think I think he's practiced that. He's uh, been looking at himself in the mirror and he's said that a hundred times, I reckon, that answer. And that's the, the typical line that usually gets played when you're asked those sort of questions. So he is learning, Jason. He's learning the ropes well. Look, I think this the next 12 months will, will be telling. Obviously, Clarkson, we know, has come in. He's going to tip the joint upside down. He's going to get this club back on track and he's going to have a huge influence in the decision-making of what Jason does next year. So we all know, um, as Jason said, he's a family man. He he gets back to Adelaide at any opportunity that he can to, to see his family and friends. And I think Clarkson actually might be the reason why he ends up signing and, and extending his contract with the Kangaroos. I, I don't know that specifically, but that's the vibe and the feel I get from talking to him. Okay, right. So you from from so from behind the scenes, you get a uh, not an indication that something's definitely happened, but that what he's happier now is that it. I don't know if he's happier, but I just think with what Clarkson is going to bring to this footy club, he is going to flip it upside down. He's going to set everything, start again, set everything. He's going to t- try and turn this club back into a destination club, I reckon. He's going to set the cultural elements and have put the, put this club back on the map. And I think what he will be able to do in terms of Jason and his development and, and turning him into the player that he wants to be, I think Clarkson's absolutely the man to do that. And I think 12 months under him, Jason we'll be able to see a long-term future with North Melbourne Footy Club. Oh, there you go. So how does that sit with a crow's nuffy like you, Tommy? Not well. <laughs> Not well at all. For what it's worth, I think he he would definitely be staying with Clarkson there. But he surprised me in how straight the bat was he played because usually when someone says something like, I'm contracted and so I'll be there till the end of next year, see what happens from there, most of the time that means they're going. Mm. So um, one thing that did interest me about that piece of audio was I heard someone ask a question. I think it was you, Andrew Hayes. Mm. 
How long did you have to wait at the airport for him to walk through there? I know, just there for a couple of minutes. And by a couple of minutes, I mean a couple of hours. And by a couple of hours, I mean a couple of days. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, it's been a solid process. We've had, we've met some friends, we've laughed, we've cried, (laughs) we've cried again. And that's what I've done for the entire week is pretty much just hang out at the airport. And spend an exorbitant amount of money on, on a sandwich that tastes like crap. I'm not even exactly right. I'm not even spending money on lunch because it's too expensive. I can't pay 30 bucks for a lunch each and every day. Um, met a lot of people though as well. The, the funny thing is um, when you're waiting there as well and the camera will be there and I was waiting at this particular time with Corey Norris from Channel 9. So he had his mic ready to go, almost using it like a pistol. <laughs> and then a lady sort of came up and said, what's going on here? I said, oh, we're just waiting for someone. And long story short, Blew her mind that we didn't know if this particular person was coming. We didn't know exactly what state they were in, that we were there and we'd been there for hours, sometimes days, just in the hope that this person would come through. And someone's willing to pay you to do that. And how did you, did you, is there a tip off or do you just... Go and hope. No, we heard that uh, that Jason was leaving, that he yeah. was going back to the best and fairest. So that was good. Um, but look, and it's just, it's not a fun part of the job, I'll be honest with you. <laughs> and what it does do as Boring. well is it encourages uh, stories where you're in that situation. And straight away, when we were talking about a couple of days ago, Gibbs, you spoke about my experience with you when we're waiting for someone else, but Bryce Gibbs comes strutting through the airport. Uh, we flicked the camera around along the lines and said, Bryce, what? What are you doing here? And you were like, I'm just, I'm flying. <laughs> it's a good point. It's a really good point. I panicked. There wasn't enough time to ask a decent question. Uh, and then Corey Norris told us a story about Andrew Simons, uh, the great and late Andrew oh, Simons. Oh, yes. Years yeah. and years ago when there was all sorts of things going on in the headlines and the Aussie team was training at Adelaide Oval. And Corey had got himself, positioned himself in a spot where the boys had to go past him to get to the change room. So he's like, he's got to talk to me here. So, and I, I hope this is true because we, we had a good laugh at it. That Roy, so finally Roy's coming. All right, we're going to have a chat with him. He's looked at us as well and he's done the whole, yep, okay, I'm going to have a chat with you. Roy turns up, uh, Corey's ready to go, camera's rolling and Roy just goes, oh, have you got the time actually? <laughs> Corey looks down at his watch. Roy off, Gone. sprinted off. <laughs> Sprinted off, sprinted the change room, looked back and said, works every time. (laughs) Uh, I reckon if you're getting badgered that often by the media, they would have a few plans in place of backdoor operations and that sort of thing. Now, Gibber, earlier this morning, Hazy revealed that you'd forgotten your wife's birthday, Hazy. Yes. Now, just explain again how that unfolded. Yeah, look, unfortunately, um, it is the 3rd of September, and I reckon most years on the 3rd of September, it's my, worth, my wife's birthday. In fact, it's very consistent that yeah. day for my Funny wife's that. birthday. It doesn't really chop and change much at all. My son came in this morning and said, Dad, guess what? It's mum's birthday. <laughs> I said, you better be pulling my leg, son. He said, no. She said to me two days ago, two more sleeps until my birthday. I checked the calendar. I called some people. I texted some people. And yes, he was right. It is her birthday, hence why we're going to her mum's place for a family lunch today. So, yeah, and she says it's fine. Look, you've been stressed. You've been working a lot. She says she's not upset, but I think that she is. Did she use the actual word fine? She said it's fine. Yeah. Which doesn't mean she's fine at all, does it? Massive red flags. As soon as you hear the word fine, I I can... I don't understand women at all. (laughs) 
<laughs> the whole uh, Venus Mars analogy could never be more correct right now. I can I can one up you on this one though. No. My um. Lovely wife, Jessica Braithwaite, she has a memory like a sieve. So she's very, very smart, but she forgets a lot of uh, short-term and medium-term things. And so every year my birthday comes up and it sits in her calendar. And just for fun, I will delete it from her calendar to see if she'll actually remember my birthday. Because the biggest gift I can receive is seeing her, is not anything she could buy me, is seeing her squirm and forget about it. So last year, for about the fourth or fifth time, I deleted it from her calendar. And on the day, uh, she obviously forgot. And I recorded this, uh, just popping into the lounge room to have a chat with her about what she's up to for the day and just to see if she'd remember my birthday. Are you, what time are you going to your, um, your dinner tonight? It's been cancelled. Ah, did you know that today is my birthday? (laughs) (laughs) No, it's today. It happens every year. Daddy's birthday. Oh, no. Hey, Jessica, I feel your pain. Feel your pain. I know the exact feeling that she goes through each and every year. But how's this, Gibber? So... When she forgets my birthday, that's kind of cute. It's kind of funny. Now, if I forget... That was so cute, by the way. So cute. (laughs) Now, if I forget Mother's Day, that's like a a justice in the court system. It's lodged as a piece of evidence to be used later on. Is that... Am I right in saying that, Bryce? Mate, you're spot on. (laughs) I I mentioned earlier, my my wife reminds me a month out. It's my birthday (laughs) month. And then it comes to the birthday week. Week. And then it's the, my birthday two days before my birthday. And yeah. And what hazy, does that entail? Seriously. A birthday oh, week. How how does that unfold for you? Well, I'm I'm not sure, but it's it's I gotta do everything. <laughs> I'm I'm cooking, I'm cleaning, I'm running around, I'm she's got the feet up and I just have to cop it. Yeah, she deserves it. <laughs> for a month out. For a month out. For a, for a month. And we wouldn't want it any other way. Ah, see. But Hazy, seriously, cardinal sin. Like, I reckon there's two dates that you just should have penciled in. Yes, it's I know. Christmas birthday. and New Year's. <laughs> and it's, yeah. Yeah. And and your anniversary is your other one. That's probably one that you, you'd want to get right, I reckon, too. Yeah. All right. So, do you know your anniversary, Bryce, off the top of your head? 10th of uh, November, Hazy. <laughs> do you know yours? Uh, I do. Because we broke up and then got back together on this day. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Valentine's not, Day. Let's not take this into tricky areas. Yeah. Uh, Valentine's Day, 14th of February. And what about you, Andrew Hayes? Hayes? March. <laughs> no. Nice broad <laughs> net. It's in, in March. March. It's in March. That's all you need to know, yes. okay? I don't want to be too detailed because I don't know. It's sometime in March. <laughs> So nice clearly, I don't remember last time we celebrated. So clearly, even Cara just let that one slide. God, I'm awful at dates. She quizzed me Do as well about my daughter's birthday. birthday. Hazy? Yeah, June. <laughs> oh, there In there somewhere. <laughs> somewhere around June. Oh, geez, what a mess. A few too many concussions for you, mate. What an absolute mess. <laughs> yes, this is a prime example of what CT looks like. No, hopefully not. Oh four two seven one five four one double six. This text reads. 
My horse was in that race with Jimmy Jakes. He's going to be spewing. It's getting played again. Ha ha. Well, let's play it again. It was a great piece of audio. <laughs> in second place, Yolaya Rose on the inside, Linvel Dainty. Then in turn behind those between runners where we own Tijan. I think we're going here in front, leading the way. It's Yolaya Rose in second placing. No, I don't think I'll get through this. Yatesy, where are you? We need you, mate. In front of Liar Rose. Down the outside. Trying hard was one step closer. <laughs> but Liar Rose wins. Very good. Good effort there, Jimmy. Hey, one more text before we get to the news as well, Tommy. Uh, rumour mill. Oh, this one. love it. And you have to uh, nail this one in the best way that you can. And don't give us a... Don't, Tell us that you taught Jason Horn Francis everything he knows in terms of responding to the media. This text reads, can you ask Bryce where he's playing next year? Is it South? Because rumours rife, Gibbs. Jacobs and Matty Broadbent will be at the Sharks at Shark Park in Henley in 2023. <laughs> oh, I reckon I know where that uh, text message has come from, actually. It's that time of year, isn't it? The silly season as we, we know it. And, um, yeah, apparently I've been linked to every local football club in South Australia, actually. So... Can't give too much away there, but well, that doesn't. There you go. That's, that is a that's pretty bad. Yeah, that's pretty broad as well. That you could end up at every single football club in South Australia next year. That, that's what's doing the rounds. You know, if you came to Henley, which is where my daughter plays, Bryce, it would be a fantastic coup, and it is a great football club. You should consider it. <laughs> And give it a long, hard think about that one because it'd be great to have you down there. Nice pitch. Jeez, yeah. what a pitch, Tommy. Solid pitch. <laughs> only right. only problem being the beer selection isn't great, but it's beer nonetheless. Yeah, it'll do. Who should Bryce play for next year? Get your pitches in. 0427 154 166. A lot to get through before 10.30, uh, particularly as well. Port and the Crows, their off-season movement so far. We'll dissect that. And a couple of big games of footy today, uh, not just in the AFL as well. If you're heading down to Alberton for a historic game, AFLW first game happening for Port Adelaide, let us know, 0427 154 166. And a couple of big games happening in the sample tomorrow. Live across South Australia, welcome to Saturdays in SA with Andrew Hayes and Bryce Giggs. A couple of minutes past 10 o'clock, gorgeous day across Adelaide today. Top of 16 degrees, there's going to be a few little clouds about it. If you're heading down to the football at Alberton Oval, 110, that's when it all gets underway, Port taking on the Dogs. First AFLW game at Alberton, it's going to be an absolute treat. Uh, we're in SNSA Studio Lumo this morning. Big thanks as well. Uh, to the good folks at Solitaire Volkswagen. The new performance R-Range is now at Solitaire Volkswagen. Bryce Gibbs is in. He's coming to us live from Melbourne. G'day, Gibbsy. Hazy, good morning. Hey, good to speak to you, mate. It's been a good, fun, solid show so far and uh, looking forward to a couple of big AFL games uh, coming towards us today. What's, um, what's on your mind in terms of the footy today? What are you looking forward to? Now, I'm actually heading along to the MCG to watch the Cats take on the Pies today in what should be a cracking contest. Um, we know the the year Geelong have had, they have been unbelievable. I think they're, this is they're, they're the best place they've been for a number of years to, to win a flag. Um, and their record in finals hasn't been great, uh, we know, over the last four or five years. So um, certainly a lot of motivation to go deep into September this year. Um, it's going to be a cracking game, and I think Collingwood will, will want to try and just keep the game close because we know how good they've been in close games this year. They've just found a way to get over the line in the tight ones. Um, but they're going to have a lot of headaches because the Cats are flying and they've got a lot of a lot of firepower. So who, who, who are going to stop 
the two, arguably the best combination big men in the comp at the moment, in Hawkins and Cameron, who, 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 who's going to them and who's going to shut them down? Oh, I don't think they can be stopped. So they just work so beautifully together. You've got one who's just a giant beast, and that is Tommy Hawkins. Uh, and Cameron might be the smoothest moving forward in the competition. To have both of those blokes in the same forward line, all Australian, is just, yeah, what a treat that would be for Chris Scott. Just get it into the forward line. The boys will take care of everything else. And then in saying that as well, you've now got an all-Australian crummer cleaning up the mess when it does hit the deck in Tyson Stengel. Yeah, and you, then you look at like guys like Gary Rowan, uh, Myers as well at, at ground level, and, and you just mentioned Tyson Stengel. So if those big boys aren't marking it, they're bringing it to ground, and their small crumbing players uh, you know, start wreaking havoc uh, in the forward line there. So... Um, but don't write the pies off though, because they've had a lot of people tip the pies to finish bottom four at the start of the year, and they've just found a way to keep winning after winning after winning this year, and they get themselves in the top four, double chance. But uh, the cats, I think, are going to be too strong. I just love. I do like some of their defenders though as well. The pies. I love the way that Darcy Moore goes about it. Obviously, Jeremy Howe as well is so good at intercept marking. So. The delivery needs to be precise to the Cats. Uh, there's pressure in the midfield. That's Collingwood's best chance of stopping some of those forward entries. And if Maynard goes to Stengel, that's a great matchup. And I was just going to mention Maynard. What a year he's had. He's consistently backed it, backed it up week in, week out with great performances. And they've, there's been whispers that he could be the next captain of Collingwood. So he's gone from strength to strength. And, and you're right, he, he's going to have his hands full if he goes to, to Stengel. And he'll, he'll look to use his body, I reckon, try and, try and beat up Tyson a little bit um, and make it hard for him. But uh, if you give him half a sniff, uh, Tyson, he'll, uh, he's going to hurt you. I think you'd be very, very brave to tip against the Cats. They go in as $1.36 favourites. Um, do you give the Pies a chance? Well, Taylor Adams is a, a huge in. He's He's been a sort of heart and soul player, I think, for the Pies uh, over the last five or six years. And um, it's going to be won and lost in the midfield. You, you need to be winning clearances. You need to be getting first possession and getting it into your forward half and keeping it there. Um, so they'll welcome him back with open arms. But, yeah, I, just, I think there's just too many stars, too much firepower in this Geelong lineup, and they've just built nicely into September. They've rested guys uh, over the last couple of weeks, and they're going to be primed for a, for a big September campaign. So next one as well, Fremantle taking on the Western Bulldogs. That's happening over in the West. Uh, it's 5th v 8th. Of course, the Dockers will go in this as overwhelming favourites, paying $1.49. Can the Bulldogs surprise the Dockers? And can the Bulldogs, I mean, from here, they'd have to do even more so what they did in 2016. But how does this one play out, do you think? Well, we all know a couple of weeks ago that the Bulldogs fell in to the finals with Carlton losing in the last 30 seconds against uh, Collingwood. But they're a side that you just don't want to come run into in September because... They are dangerous. They've been there before. They've done it. They they made the grand final last year, and when their when their games up and going, it's it's kamikaze. It's it's hard to stop. And if they get a bit of a, a run on, they they can beat anyone. Like if there's a side that can win it from outside the top four, it's a side like the Bulldogs. And we all know uh, Frio have had an unbelievable year. Uh, again, not many people tip them to have the year they did. It obviously makes 
uh, it's, it's a huge advantage being over in the West, but the dogs won't mind that. They'll go over there with nothing to lose. A free crack, um, and they've got some good ins as well, actually, in, in Keith, uh, Johannesson, and, and Toby McLean as well. So uh, that those three are only going to strengthen their lineup, and, and this, this could actually be a cracking game of footy as well. All right, that's what's happening in the AFL. Let's talk some AFLW. Of course, a big, big occasion at Alberton Oval this afternoon. So Port's taking on the Bulldogs. First game at Alberton in terms of an AFLW game. So you're heading on 0427 154 166. Um, this is a nice moment, Gibbsy. It certainly is. And we saw them get off to a pretty good start in what was their first game uh, last week over in the West. And to have their first game at, at Alberton uh, today, uh, I hope they get a good crowd there because um, they're, they're building something special with the women down at Port Adelaide. And... Uh, if it's a sunny day, there's no excuse not to go down for a look. Uh, the Crows looking to bounce back as well. They're taking on Richmond. First time, I believe, first time that uh, they've ever played Richmond. They'll do that over at Punt Road. That's happening pretty soon, actually, 11-10. Um, so they want to respond after last week's loss to Melbourne as well. Sample, a couple of big games tomorrow. Um, so, look, I think North Adelaide still going as probably red-hot favourites against the Crows. That's in the second semi-final. Before that's Red Leeds taking on the base. Um, firstly, Redlegs and Glenelg, how do you see that one playing out? Tough loss last week for Nord. They got smashed by the Crows, to say the least. And the Bays, um, they found a bit. Yeah, they did. And it, this should be a good game, actually. Um, a bit different being on Adelaide Oval. Both teams play on relatively small ovals, uh, being the Glenelg Oval and the Parade. So a bit more space uh, on Adelaide Oval so it'll be interesting to see if they change anything tactically to uh, to use the space but um, it's pretty even even matchup Nord and, and Glenelg so that could be a close game and it's hard to hard to find a winner there but I think Norwood uh, will be pretty um, will be looking forward to bouncing back after yeah, a, a disappointing loss as you said to the Crows last week and North and Adelaide um, Adelaide have got the wood over North this year, beating them twice in uh, in their previous matchups, and uh, both both teams bat pretty pretty deep in the midfield. So I'm looking forward to seeing how that battle plays out. Well, look, maybe it is because of those past results that you mentioned, but interestingly, uh, the Crows do go in as favourites against uh, North Adelaide on Sunday, so they're paying a dollar seventy. Um, but North have had the weekend off. They'd be absolutely cherry ripe. They might have a McGarry medalist as well. The McGarry medalist on Monday night. Aaron Young's had a sensational year. Nick Rokar, he'll be very much in the mix. Riley Knight's had a sensational year as well. So just quickly, on the McGarry medal, who do you like? You're a man who's worn it before. I I like Riley Knight from from Woodville. He's, uh, he's come back, obviously, from the Crows, uh, and he's had a couple of really consistent um, strong years he's put together and uh, I just think uh, the North boys will just take votes off each other. Uh, Young, Coombe, um, these sort of guys who have had unbelievable years. Um, Wig, uh, I just think they'll be taking votes off each other and might open the door for a, a Riley Knight to, to pip them um, in the last couple of rounds. Mm, all right, McGarry Medal, of course. Happening on Monday night, you can actually catch a coverage of that at uh, 9 o'clock on Channel 7. Speaking of sample as well, we're going to absolutely dissect it all tomorrow as part of our coverage on SENSA. The great man Paul Bonza and Mark Ross do a sensational job. Catch every single second live and free right here on SENSA. Back next uh, to talk about some more sport across the globe, including the US Open. A lot happening there. 
A couple of Aussies doing some very good things. We'll speak about that as well. 12 minutes past 10. Top 16 across Adelaide today. It's going to be partly cloudy. Uh, doing it thanks to Soltair Volkswagen. That's where you're going to find the new performance R-Range. Good morning. Yeah, very big thanks to the good folks at Solitaire Volkswagen, where you'll find the new performance R-Range. Texts are coming through thick and fast. 0427-154-166. Still time to give us a quick call as well. Before 10.30, Let's jump into our Saturday scoreboard. Bit of a whip around the world of sport. Uh, Bryce, where do you want to start this morning? Should we start at the US Open? Let's start at the US Open. No. Um, Kyrgios, he's through again to mm. the to the third round. And him and uh, Kokonakis as well. They they had another good win. They it was a bit of a scare though. It was a pretty pretty close game in the doubles. And I actually was watching some of that game. Geez, they're fun to watch those two. Yeah, entertaining. They, they bring a lot of energy, entertainment, as you said. Um, and uh, they make uh, they make a good uh, pairing. Those two. Yep, JJ Wolf is Nick Kyrgios's next opponent, so they'll play later on this morning. Expect Nick Kyrgios to go through. Uh, big match happening as we speak on the women's side of things. Ayla Tomlanovic, who, of course, is a very, very good Aussie, taking on the great, the GOAT, Serena Williams. So Ayla took the first set, 7-5. Uh, we're almost through the second set. Serena leads 5-2. It's on serve at love all with Tomlanovic, but it looks like Serena is going to equalise and take the second set. And just, oh, I mean, I'm a little bit conflicted here. You always want to see an Aussie do well, but... The fairy tale part of my mind says I'd like to see Serena just go through, clean up, and win a major to finish on an unbelievable note. I'm I'm with you. Um, watching the scenes of her knocking off the the second seed a couple of days ago was uh, was unbelievable to watch. And can she do it? She's uh, she's playing some pretty good tennis. And as you said, it's hard when when she comes up against the Aussies. And obviously you're in both camps, but um, it would be something great to see and that would be uh, Serena Williams winning the US Open for the last time mm. we'll keep a bit of an eye on that uh, see what happens before 10.30 but uh, as we speak it looks like Serena Williams is probably going to equalise and take the second set it'll be one set all against Ayla Tomlanovic the Aussie F1 Australia officially has a new F1 driver Oscar Piastri permitted to drive for McLaren from 2023 both McLaren and Alpine, Piastri's current team, believe they had held valid contracts for his services next season. A bit of a tug of war, leading to one of the most extraordinary F1 driver disputes in years, but the board agreed that only McLaren's deal was valid. McLaren immediately issued a statement announcing Piastri as compatriot Daniel Ricciardo's replacement, having sacked the old Aussie last week in a multi-million dollar payout. I think it was worth something like $24 million. So don't even stress about Daniel Ricciardo financially. Completely fine. Probably gets a new deal somewhere else next year anyway. That's what I was about to ask you. Do you reckon he lands somewhere else? Well, he's good enough, isn't he? I mean, he's going to be up and around the mix. Just need to find a car that absolutely suits Daniel Ricciardo. But one of the most lovable Australian exports that we have. How good is Daniel Ricciardo? He just does not ever put a foot wrong. He's got a really infectious personality and a lovely smile. He's got great teeth, doesn't he? He's got good teeth. We see them uh, often. And not only is he loved uh, by Australians, and he's... He's well loved by everyone around the world. Mm. Uh, he's all every time he goes to uh, to a racetrack, he's uh, he's got fans and supporters following him, and he's doing the uh, the Australian. The Australian's proud uh, each and every every time he steps out on the racetrack. Absolutely. Um, got any EPL news for us, Gibbsy? You're a big EPL boy. What's happening over there? I do plenty happening. Um, and talking about big games, the Merseyside Derby 
kicks off at 9.30 tonight, so I might perch up in a pub somewhere uh, to watch that. Obviously, big rivalry between Everton and Liverpool, um, who have got their season back on track, so to speak, uh, along with Manchester United as well, have both won the last couple of games. And uh, Manchester United take on Arsenal. Uh, Arsenal are undefeated. They're 5-0. and They sit top of the Premier League table. Um and that's always makes for a fiery clash. So some some cracking games coming up in the EPL over the weekend. Mm. Um, some news is coming through as well in terms of the NBA. So Donovan Mitchell is now a Cav. That's a massive, massive move. So Utah Jazz just completely cleaned it out. We lost sort of interest in the Jazz a little bit uh, when our boy Joe Ingles decided to, well, he didn't decide to. He got shipped out elsewhere. So... He's going to be the Bucks now. Um, and this news story just came through as well. A former adult film star has put the father of her child on blast with internet sleuths believing it's one of two big-time NBA players. Retired adult film star Lana Rhodes has put the father of her child on blast on social media. The internet sensation who stepped away from the camera spotlight uploaded a video where she called out an unnamed NBA player. Rhodes announced to the world last year that she was pregnant and instantly social media speculation ran right over who the father was. So there's rumours that it might be Kevin Durant, that it might be Blake Griffin, etc. But interesting situation, to say the least. <laughs> oh, we, we love an NBA scandal, don't we? There's, Absolutely, uh, we do. There's always plenty happening over there. And just to touch on um, the Donovan Mitchell trade, Cleveland, they've put together a, a pretty exciting list. When you've got Darius Garland, Evan Mobley did big things in his first year, last year, and for the squid Mitchell to land there, they're... Uh, they're going to be in for a good year, I reckon, the Cavs. Yeah, the Cavs. I mean, it doesn't really seem like a destination franchise, but they're starting to build. Um, all right, plenty of uh, text coming through. We'd love to take a call from you as well. We're going to speak to Ange next, who's been waiting patiently. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Top of 16 across Adelaide today. Good morning. Live across Australia. Saturdays in SA with Andrew Hayes and Bryce Gibbs. Uh, thank you so much for all the texts that have come through this morning. 0427 154 166 uh, and the calls. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Time for one more. A quick one from Ange. Good morning to you, great man. Good morning, fellas. Uh, I want to wish you all a happy Father's Day. Oh, uh, tomorrow yes. as well, so that have is, you have a blessed day. That is tomorrow. Uh, you remember that day, Hazy, didn't you? You remember that day? <laughs> I did, Ange, but <laughs> I, I might be just a little bit careful about what I should expect to receive tomorrow when today was such a disaster. Mm. Mm. Hey, uh, fellas, so um, I'm talking about the, I want to talk about the, uh, the technology. I think um, <laughs> years and years ago, I used to think, well, they really need to get video technology, you know, goal, goal line technology. It would really help the uh, the sport and be better result, you know. But now that I've seen it over these years, I actually, I'm with Dimmer. I actually don't like it. I think they should just get rid of it, especially in the AFL. Like, you know, some grounds have the technology, some grounds don't have it. Um, and But I think it works well in the EPL, but... Um, yeah, I, I think just leave it to the umpires. And let's face it, look, no disrespect to the umpires, but, you know, I'm sort of used to them getting it wrong anyway. So um, I reckon just leave it back to the umpires and let them have the final say. What do you think? Yeah, you make a great point. And especially in these games like elimination finals, that the ramifications, if they don't get it right, it's huge consequences. And Richmond were obviously on the receiving end of it uh, the other night and um, Dimmer Hardwick obviously expressed his feelings towards it. But no, I'm with you. I think the umpires are paid, the goal umpires are there and paid to do a job. They're usually in the best spot to call it anyway. Just let them do their job. And, and once the, they make the call, play on. 
So I, I, what I love as well, Ange, which is what you're saying, is like uh, to use cricket, old school cricket as an example. I mean, if there was a, an incorrect decision made by the on-field umpire, then that was part of the game, wasn't it? You take the good with the bad. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I reckon. And, and let's face it, I reckon they've, even with the technology, I reckon they've got it wrong in cricket. And it's actually become really annoying. You know, um, you know you, so I just say, just get rid of it. Let the umpires, because you know what? Once, once the decision's been made, and even if it's the wrong one, you get over it, you know? But yeah. um, I just think with the technology, if you can't see it properly and you can't use it properly, then don't use it at all. Just, just leave it to the umpires. It's a very, very good call. It's a great, great uh, idea there from Ange. Uh, great call, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Um, there you go. Good stuff this morning. A lot that we've dissected. A couple of big games coming up. Um, Bryce, what's on for the rest of you for the day, apart from recovering? Uh, I'm heading along to the footy to see the Cats and the Pies, so it should be a cracking contest. I think the Cats uh, by a few goals. Ooh, Cats, uh, who are going to go in as red-hot favourites. Enjoy the rest of the day. If you're heading down to Alberton as well, um, do you witness a nice little piece of history for their first AFLW game? Um, all right, don't forget, crunch time coming up in a matter of seconds. Keep it locked, and then we're going to take you through all the sample action tomorrow right here on 1629 SENSA. Enjoy your day.